0: He's been advisor to presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on seventy-seven WABC. get to the me, to the right. Here I am, stuck in the
1: middle with you. I'm stuck in the middle with you. This is Dick Morris. Good to be with you. Uh, every Sunday between noon and 1. We are about to witness something that we've never seen before on the floor of the United States Senate, the ritual suicide of a majority leader worthy of the Japanese army in World War II. Chuck Schumer has vowed that he is going to bring up a vote on the Build Back Better program and on ending the filibuster of what they call the voting rights legislation. And he does not have the votes. He knows he's going to lose. But it's a ritual suicide. And I don't know why he's doing it.
2: Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. No more, no more, no more. Hit the road,
0: Jack. And don't you come back no more.
1: What you say? Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. Why would you bring up a bill when you know you're going to lose? There's a point in the ritual suicide, though. It's to convince the left that he's serious, because he's personally afraid of a primary fight, and he needs to make sure that the party is united in marching off the cliff to defeat. So to demonstrate this unity, he is making sure that every single vulnerable Democrat in the Senate who might lose re-election is on board voting for a bill that is manifestly unpopular that only 30 percent of the country approves of and 62 and a half percent disapprove of, uh, and the voting rights bill with similar numbers. And he's determined to push this stuff to the floor so that every marginal senator, everyone that might lose, is going to be forced to walk the plank and vote for this bill. Now, in the days of sanity, when you had leaders like Trent Lott or Bob Dole, They would only bring up bills if they could pass it and if it were popular with their voters to pass it. But God knows why Chuck Schumer is doing this. I think he he may just be a loser, you know. So it is incredible he's doing this. But really, when you think about it, Joe Biden is now becoming COVID's last casualty. There are certain things that everybody knows about COVID, uh, except, of course, for uh, the Democrats uh, and Joe Biden. But everybody else knows that it's true. And when everybody knows something's true and the president doesn't, the president's in trouble. Let's go through what we know about COVID. One, Omicron has replaced Delta and Wuhan as the dominant strain of the virus, right? Two, Omicron is very unlikely to kill people, especially children. Not a single death in the United States has been attributed correctly to Omicron. It's an illness, like most others, debilitating, but neither fatal nor protracted. Three, the current vaccines can mitigate Omicron virus, but apparently cannot stop It's transmission, but they do stop Delta or Wuhan variants that are both lethal and dangerous. So an unvaccinated person poses little risk to others, but one hell of a risk to himself. Five, the virus and the vaccines are so new that there can be no conclusive data about possible side effects from the shots. Therefore, it's neither antisocial nor irresponsible not to get a shot. It's simply an individual's right to decide. At worst, an unvaccinated person is stupid. At best, he is prescient, and we won't know which until we have more data. So most Americans now realize the truth of these postulates, or will soon, when more data becomes available. But Biden is insisting that everybody get a shot, and he's laying people off if they don't. He's proceeding now with a plan to fire federal employees. And we know that this mandate causes inflation by aggravating supply-side bottlenecks. It disrupts the careers and the lives of innocent people by layoffs. It hobbles the economy by forcing business closures. And it rips our schools apart, forcing yet another year, the third, of no real schooling for our children. And Biden's erroneous policies are becoming evident to every employee in his workplace and every child in his school. But like Johnson in Vietnam and Nixon in Watergate, Carter in the hostage crisis, Reagan in Iran contra Clinton in the Lewinsky scandal, and Bush 43 in Iraq, Biden is stuck on the wrong side of history. And everybody is paying attention. It's very hard for a 75-year-old man, especially one never intellectually gifted in the first place, (laughs) to realize he's mistaken and even harder to change his mind. Biden's other mistakes are cloaked in complexity, but this one is in Macy's window for all to see and is destroying his presidency. It sometimes leads you to to wonder if anybody's home. So when you look at what Biden is trying to do here, trying to force the COVID vaccine on people, I conclude that this is really the end of his road. give me a call and let me know what you think about what I'm saying. Let's have a discussion about it. I'm at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222.
0: It's Sunday and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. I'll oh, get downstairs clouds to the
2: me.
1: Choke us to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Let's briefly understand what the Democrats and Biden are doing to the economy and to money. Originally there was no such thing as money. It was barter. I'll give you this and you give me that and we make an exchange. How many horses does it take to buy this farm kind of thing? Then they moved to gold. And gold became the standard, and uh, countries like Spain ransacked the New World looking for gold. Then money came into being, and the assumption in the money was that it stood for gold and that a certain amount of money equaled a certain amount of gold. Then in 1933 and and again in 1974, the presidents FDR and Richard Nixon, abandoned the gold standard. And they said that you can't bring your dollar bill into a bank and cash it in for gold. Uh, and that was, and now you just have to take our word for it as a government that this dollar is worth something. And that was called fiat currency. The money acquired its value not because of anything intrinsic, or because of gold that stayed behind it, but by the government's diktat. And as long as everybody accepted that that was money, that was fine, and it all went ahead. And this system has worked for the last 50 years throughout the globe and given us a currency and money that we've been able to use and the economy has flowed freely. But then the Democrats destroyed this and they destroyed it by taking advantage of the printing press. They couldn't help themselves. They printed so much money backed by so little that money is losing its credibility throughout the world specifically in 2021 the democrats printed 6 trillion dollars worth of money and in the previous 10 years combined in obama's second term and in trump's one term combined the total printed was 6 trillion so the democrats have, it went from 12 trillion to 18 and now it's gone from 18 to 24 in one year And that has destroyed and is destroying people's faith in money. Some are moving forward to money based on mathematics, not based on gold and not based on government fiat, but based on a mathematical algorithm. That's called cryptocurrency. Others are moving back to gold uh, because they realize that gold has historically been the medium of exchange and that they've stopped making the stuff, so it still has credibility. But one way or another, Biden has basically eliminated our faith in money. And as Democrats continue for the next three years of the Biden presidency, you can bet that by the end of it, the dollar and other currencies will not be accepted around the world as currency, and that we're dealing with going to have to go to an economy without money. This is an incredible, unbelievable finding, but it is the order of magnitude of what the Democrats have inflicted upon us. Here's what Madonna has to say about that. That's a noted economist, Obama, but Madonna talking about the Biden economic policies. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, we, we are facing the ultimate crisis of confidence. People have no basis for confidence in the dollar. Now, in the short term, it's showing up as inflation. Because I don't have confidence in the dollar, I want you to give me more of them for a gallon of gas and more of them for a quart of milk and more of them for a slice of beef. But as that trend continues, as the printing press continues to operate, and as more dollars spew out of the Fed and out of the Treasury, we are facing the ultimate crisis of confidence, which is that money, which is the ultimate medium of exchange, loses its credibility. And when you make something and you set a price for it, you have no idea whether you're going to be able to get something for it or not. Unbelievable impact. Now, Instead of focusing on these problems, which are, of course, the major issues we face, the Democrats are happily indulging in nostalgia and looking back to the events of January 6th one year ago, as opposed to paying attention to the events of January 6th going on right before their noses with their January 6th committee. And here's what I think about that committee. <laughs> go out at night, they like to wear leather jackets,
0: chains and spikes, to wear rips and zippers all in their shirts. Real tight pitch, fresh minute All kinds of colors running through their head, and you can just about spot a freak anywhere. But then again, you could know someone all their life, and might not know their freak, unless you see them at night, cause the freaks come out at night. The freaks come out
1: at night. Uh, unfortunately the hearings last all day long. Huh. But this, this, these horror stories about a coup d'état that never happened, an insurrection that was unarmed, not a single gun held by a single protester, and all of the fat- and there was one fatality, which was of a protester, and that is now being blown out of proportion to be a full-scale revolution. And Kamala Harris had the the courage, uh, the stupidity, to liken this to nine eleven. Uh, Kamala, I'm a New Yorker. Lots of us listening are. We saw the World Trade Towers collapse. We saw 3,000 people die. We saw an entire portion of the city come crashing down. We were there at 9-11. And believe me, this this was no 9-11. So why is the Democrats obsessing on it? Well, two reasons. First, they can't talk about anything else. What are we going to hold hearings about? Why inflation is going crazy after it did not surface under Trump? Why two million people came over the border last year as opposed to almost nobody under Trump? Why the crime rate has set records in all 20 major American cities, whereas it was down last year under Trump? Are we going to talk about how in Ukraine, Taiwan, Bosnia, uh, and countries throughout the world— other countries are taking advantage of the United States and planning offensive actions they never would have done under Trump. Uh, is that what we're going to talk about? They can't talk about that. So instead, they'd like to talk about January 6th. But the other reason is that they want to bait Donald Trump. They wanted Trump to come out and blast the committee and fight dueling press conferences with Biden. And that way they could transform a referendum on Joe Biden that they are losing no is out voting yes into an election where Trump's negatives can play a role right now the polling shows that 55 percent of voters approve of the job Trump did when he was president and 35 percent approve of the job Biden is now doing as president so obviously they want to change sides and talk about something else so let's have some of your phone calls Go ahead, guys. I don't have a list. You do it, station. Hey, George.
2: Hi there, I- uh, Mr. Morris. Yesterday, I was listening to a financial uh, news report. Right now, uh, also the host spoke regarding gold. Now there are various this uh, vis-a-vis uh, investing in gold. One. Uh, as soon as you buy gold, right, the price diminishes by up to ten percent. To gold storage, that's another cost. You see.
1: Well, I don't want to. So, I don't want to get into an economics lecture here, but uh, gold storage is not a problem. People like the. I don't want to confuse news with advertising, but the firms we're talking about do not charge for storage. And while it's true that if that when people buy something, the price goes up. Uh, And uh, when they sell something, the price goes down. Uh, Gold is is far too big a commodity for that to take effect on an individual basis. What are the calls we got?
0: Let's go to Andrew in Stanhope. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Mr. Morris. Yeah, everything I liked what you said about the Omicron and COVID, but you had said how mild uh, Omicron is
1: compared to the others. Which is good news, like Dr. Siegel said, that could create
0: herd immunity and burn burn out the virus. But then he said, if people choose not to get vaccinated, it's crazy. So that seems like a contradiction to say how mild no, it I is.
1: I said that I said, if you choose not to be vaccinated, you might be stupid, or you might be prescient. We don't know yet because there's <laughs> not enough experimental and empirical data to tell us what side effects there are and are not. So it's a shot in the dark. If you get vaccinated, you know that you're not going to get a deadly form of COVID. And that make it, makes it a correct decision to be vaccinated. But when the alternative is Omicron, where your life is not at stake, and the issue is do you get sick a little bit, do you get the flu, do you get a cold, do you get a sore throat, maybe it's not worth taking the risk. And I said that's a decision each individual has to make themselves. Thanks for calling.
0: How about Danny in Long Island? Hey, Danny. Hi, Danny. DJ, Mr. Morris. I love You should be a DJ, man, with music. All right, first, let me just say something. When they say underlining conditions, keep in mind, gentlemen, that the first uh, physical most men take is an autopsy, all right? So you don't know what conditions you have. And I just want to do a preamble quickly. Uh, I got on Limbaugh's show about 10 times and. We had a good conversation, and he was taking the side of Republican strategists with California. He say, was saying this was like 20 years ago, oh, we should uh, campaign in different I languages. Got a few
1: seconds, so get to your question.
0: Let me get to the thing there. Republican primaries, do you see a, a battle, a real, real battle for people who support Trump and neoconservative? Yes. Do you see anything I, going on? Can you give us examples?
1: I sure, I sure do. Trump has made 105 endorsements people who really believe in his MAGA agenda and his America First policies. And they're against rhinos, they're against establishment Republicans who drag their feet, who won't go along. And it amounts to the biggest purge of a party that's ever happened in the history of the United States. And it will be fascinating to see how it plays out on Election Day. My own belief is that his record is going to be something like 105 and lost none. So when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking again about other topics, particularly the teacher strike spreading throughout the country, in which the teachers are striking not for better working conditions, not for better pay, not for protection against disease that can kill them, but to close the schools so they don't get the flu or a cold after this break.
0: It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. the to the me, to the right. Here
1: I am, stuck in the middle with you. Stuck in the middle with you. Look, I believe the teachers have had a really legitimate cause when they formed their unions which is they were horribly, horribly underpaid. And they still are. Look at teachers' pay today compared with nurses' pay. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, they were about even. Now nurses make more than twice, in some cases, two or four times what teachers make. And that's because basically nurses are in an industry which is funded by government entitlements. So there's no cap on how much can be spent. Whereas teachers are paid by a system that Congress has to, and the legislatures have to vote the money each year, and therefore they hold it down and they hold the pay down. But they do not have a right to strike when the strike is about something that should not, be that, that should not rise to that level. When COVID was out there and there was a serious risk of death or of serious permanent illness, and you have many teachers who are old, who are nearing retirement, uh, who are uh, have underlying conditions. Yeah, it was right for them to demand that the school be virtual and be remote. That was OK. But now that those viruses are fading out, driven out by the Omicron virus, a virus that at worst makes you sick but does not kill you, it is outrageous for the teachers to sacrifice an entire generation's education because of their paranoia and fear that they might get a cold. Buckle up, guys. You, don't, you might get a cold. You might get a sore throat. You might get laryngitis. That might be a sacrifice you have to make. If you breathe when you're in your classroom, it's a sacrifice you might have to make because the kids have colds and the kids have flu and they always have. And there's a good chance you'll get it. There's a good chance you'll get sick. But you chose this occupation knowing those risks and because you were so committed to our children and to educating them that you were willing to assume that risk and go into the classroom and expose yourself to that because you knew it wouldn't kill you and you knew that it was important to educate our children. But no more. Nobody is true to their school anymore.
0: it builds your immune system, Dick, right? So tell me what you think
1: about all this. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. As I mentioned to the other caller a few minutes ago, Trump has made 105 endorsements uh, of everybody from dog catcher up to governor. In the average district, particularly in seats held by Republicans, you're going to face to see a primary fight. And there'll be two candidates, most likely. Trump will drive anyone else out of the race. So it's a straight two-way fight. The rhino, the Republican in name only, the, uh, the go-along, get-along, compromise crowd, and the true believers who buy into Trump's agenda and want to support it. Last time there was a purge within a party was Franklin Roosevelt doing the purging. It was 1938, and uh, he went after the Southern Democrats, that were not liberal and would not go along with his programs, who voted against Social Security and against labor unions and against regulating Wall Street. And they called themselves Democrats and said, oh, we're Democrats standing with FDR. And Roosevelt said, the hell you are. You vote against me all the time, and now I'm endorsing a candidate running against you. And he went campaigned against his senators in a number of states Won some, lost some, but on the balance, he lost. Now you have Republicans like Mike Pence who say, I'll only, I won't support anyone who's opposing a Republican incumbent in a primary. Like we're supposed to believe that being a Republican magically confers virtue on you, mm-hmm. irregardless of what you say, mm-hmm. regardless of how you vote. Well, Donald Trump isn't having any of this. He says there are those who are with me and there are those who are not, and the voters are entitled to a choice. And I'm going to give them a choice whenever I encounter a Lynn Cheney or a Brian Kemp or a uh, or a a, um, I'm sorry, uh, a secretary of state like Rapsinger, Rapsenberger. Whenever I find somebody like that who isn't Republican, but is not pushing my agenda. And it's against the agenda that I support and that the American people want me to pass. I'm going to challenge him in the primary fight. And here's what I think the outcome is going to be. Just imagine the guts and the courage that it takes for Donald Trump to go out there and take everybody on. There's a misconception. Some people say he's only taking on those who voted to impeach him. There are 10 House members that did that. He's already forced two out of politics and probably is going to force the other eight out. But this is not an act of revenge on Trump's part. He's endorsing in 95 races where they did nothing on impeachment. He is saying that the Republican Party stands for certain basic things. It stands for making sure that America is strong abroad and people don't try to invade places like Ukraine or Taiwan because they know they're going to encounter the United States. He's saying that we are standing up for our borders and for Border security, and if necessary, we'll build a wall to keep people out who are here who would come here illegally. He's saying that we are going to be on the side of cops and law enforcement and stand up against crime with a requiring bail before you get out of prison after you've committed a crime or accused of a crime. He's saying that we need law- tougher, not lighter, sentences, and he's taking a stand on that. Uh, And he's taking a stand, saying we have to limit government spending so we don't have inflation. He's saying, under my administration, all of those things were accomplished. And then magically, on January 21st, Biden took office and it all went away. And these are Republicans who supported what Biden did, failed to stand up against it, failed to be aggressive in support of the America First agenda. And I'm going to call them out, and we're going to run against them, and we're going to defeat them. And that is a very, very courageous stance to take. So call me at 800 848 9222. That's 800 848 9222. Let's hear from some of you.
0: How about Steve from Florida?
2: Hey, Steve.
0: Hello. How are you doing?
2: Dick, good morning. How are you? You are wonderful. I, I got to tell you, your thoughts and your perspective are fabulous. I, my wife and I look forward to your show every Sunday, and you're wonderful. Now, he, here's my point.
1: We, we know your lady, how bad. Don't we?
2: No, no. You're not my brother or cousin.
1: You're so nice in your place.
2: We, we watch your television show in the evening also. i send a week. Them it, check. It's, it's great. Let, let me get to my point, because I really want to hear what you think. We know how the Democrats are ruining this country. We also know that they do not believe in the rule of law. They've demonstrated that in every different capacity, every different capacity. Now, I don't believe that they're going to permit Donald Trump to run in 24. Let me finish, please, and I'll be brief. When I say that, I say that the the state legislatures or this and that, somehow they're going to find a way, let let me just say, to keep him off. And enough Republicans will go along with it, and it, there will be an election, a Democrat will win, and it's going to be just like 2020, where we're going to be fighting to prove that we were right, but it, its possession is nine-tenths of, of everything. So they're not yeah, going to well, let run. i run.
1: I, I don't think that's going to happen. Not that they won't want it to happen, but that I don't think they can pull that off. Uh, a lot depends on what goes on with the Voting Rights Act in Congress this week. Uh, if Schumer is able to override the filibuster, if he's able to buy off Mansion and Cinema, so they go along with killing the bill through, a th- so they go along with killing the filibuster and passing this bill, then there's very little we can do. We have to fall back and fight on other stuff. But uh, so far, it looks like they're into the whole long haul. It looks like they are not wavering, and that they're not going to be able to pass it. Now, that merely creates a vacuum, a lack of federal action. The law doesn't assure fair elections. It's simply we stop them from rigging elections. But then the void has to be filled by state governments. And in a whole variety of states, eight or nine of them, that pass voting rights acts that the Democrats are claiming are voting suppression acts. But they're not. Uh, They simply require photo ID. And, uh, and that you uh, register far enough in advance so they can determine if it's legal or not and to prove where you live and so on. To Chuck Schumer, the kind only identification that he finds acceptable or necessary is a vaccine card. <laughs> so you don't need to present your photo ID or anything, just proof that you got your shots. shot. And, uh, but the state legislative laws are overriding that. Now, in some places like New York State, The process is so dominated by Democrats, something I hope we fix on Election Day coming up, which Mm -hmm. we might because we might win the Senate, that they are literally passing laws that make it impossible for Republicans to win the election. And uh, you see that in a whole variety of states, parts of New York, including in New York City, where they passed a law allowing illegal immigrants to vote which assures that Republicans will never possibly get elected in New York. And uh, we have to overcome that. We have to fight that. But we have an ace in the hole on that one, because the Latino vote, which there were Democrats counting on, to put them over the finish line and to stop uh, other stuff from going on, stop Republicans from winning, is coming over to the Republican Party. And that is undercutting their... Basic game plan for domination.
0: It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on seventy-seven WABC. the
1: I told you. so. I told Several times on this program over the course of the election, we had the Republican candidate for district attorney of Manhattan on talking about how if Alvin Bragg, the Democratic candidate, got elected, the criminal justice system would basically die in New York City. And he was absolutely right. Bragg has announced that he is not going to recommend jail for anyone except for homicide. Uh, rape, and a few other specific crimes. But, for example, armed robbery, hey, walk into any store, take a gun, point it at the owner, and as long as you don't kill him, yeah, we're not so. going to prosecute you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's unbelievable what this guy has done. And this guy poses as a defender of us, poses as our friend.
0: You got a lot of nerve to say. You got a helping hand to lend. You just want to be on the side that's winning. He kept this little
1: fact to himself as he was running for district attorney that he would be a DA that wouldn't prosecute. prosecutor that wouldn't prosecute a prosecutor who wanted his people to get out of jail. And that's, that's something he didn't tell us during the election. So we voted for him. Majority did. And now they're stuck with the district attorney who won't prosecute. So what good are police? We won't defund the police. Okay. Eric Adams will win that, but what good are they? What are they going to do? They're highly decorative ornaments on our street corners. Because if they bust anybody and put him in cuffs and bring him in, number one, he'll be released an hour later, whether with with no bail. Yeah, number two, jail. if we ever hold him over for trial, we'll never be able to get a uh, get a, a decent sentence because mandatory sentences were repealed. Number three, uh, he the district attorney is not going to prosecute him, and if the prosec- he doesn't prosecute, this guy goes does not go to jail. His record is clean. So what are our cops risking their lives for? Why are we funding 34,000 ornaments to stand on street corners and look like they're protecting us when, in fact, the handcuffs are not on the criminals or the robbers? They're on the cops themselves. And the ultimate handcuff, the failure and refusal of D.A. Bragg to prosecute. Now, there's a new piece of information that came out that lends a whole new perspective to the immigration debate. INS report, ICE now reports that only, that only 28% of the crossings of the southern border are from Mexico. The others are from other countries. 44% are from the triad of Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras. Uh, but another third are from all other countries throughout South America and throughout Africa and the Middle East and all other countries. So Mexico has become a highway, uh, not a country, a roadway, where people get on the highway, take it to the southern border, and then come into the United States. The leak has become ubiquitous. The leak has become universal. Anybody that wants to get into the United States, buy a ticket to Mexico City, get off the plane, go in there because they can go basically let anybody in and then hitchhike or bus ride or hijack a car and get <laughs> yourself up to the border and you come into the United States without any problem. Now, do you think that's an obstacle for terrorists? Do you think that means that we are able to screen who comes into the United States? Over the next few years, I expect there will be a rash of terrorist incidents and attacks that comes from people who came from other countries, went to Mexico, and came in over our porous border. I doubt that the media will report that, but we are increasingly coming to realize that this is not migrants and immigrants from Mexico, some of whom might be into drugs, some of whom might be into violence and terrorists. But Mexicans largely are friendly to Americans. They like the United States. They are not terrorists. They largely believe in democracy. i would worked very hard in two elections to elect people who believe in democracy in Mexico. We sent a Fox and Felipe Calderon, both of whom were my clients who were elected president of Mexico. But now we're not dealing with Mexicans. We're dealing with Yemenis and Iraq- Iranians and Afghanis and Pakistanis who are coming to the United States, allegedly coming from Mexico, but in fact coming from terror-sponsoring countries. And we are doing nothing to stop them, and we're letting them come right in. We're letting them come to
0: America.
2: Let's go to
1: Alan in Manhattan. Hi, Alan.
0: We were rocking Hi, Alan. Mr. Morris. Yeah, Mr. Morris, you are an intellectual genius. I believe, and I know if, if Trump came out and said he's going to put the military on the border, throw the people out of the country who are illegally, and and raise quotas, you're looking at a Nixon Reagan type wipeout in 24. But I just want to have caution now because you're smart. Me and you two are very smart political guys. He's going to be termed as a one-term, a lame duck running for president. They're going to hammer on that. He has to put together an all-star team. And I just like to tell everybody: listen, don't fall for this thing. Dude. California is gone forever. Latinos do not vote Republican. Ask Curtis Leavitt in the last mayor's election. Illinois is gone. Forget those states; they're gone forever. they have never recovered. Yeah, but, now with the old yeah, but they come on,
1: come on, uh, Alan. They're not. Uh, Right now, Latinos in Texas are voting Republican. It's why Abbott is going to get reelected. It's why Cruz got reelected. It's why Texas went Republican. Uh, In Florida, we carried Florida because we carried Latinos in Florida. We won them. We got more votes than they did. The word Latino subsumes a large number of people who come from a large number of countries. And their experiences are quite different. The Latinos, for example, who come from Central America, Cuba, and Venezuela, are as patriotic as you can get because, unlike you and me, they know what communism is like because they lived under it. And they come here committed to democracy. The people that come in from Mexico uh, are very often people who are uh, deeply committed to freedom. It's why they risk their livelihoods to come and do that. Now, the truth is that when you interview people who just crossed the border, you're talking largely to Democrats. When you interview people who've crossed the border a year ago, most of them are Democrats. But in five or 10 years, you can't tell who crossed over and who didn't. And remember, two-thirds of the Latino vote in the United States was born in the United States, and they are the ones who are moving toward the Republican Party. Uh and that trend is continuing. It's accelerating. So the, when you say that these states are lost, these cities lost, Silva didn't lose because of the Latino vote. Uh, he lost because the black vote was overwhelming and uh, he never really had a chance to win. But don't use New York as an example. Look at Florida, look at Texas, where the Latino vote is our salvation. We have a serious shot of knocking off Michael Bennett, the Democratic senator from Colorado, because the Latino vote in Colorado is switching over to us. Let's go to Joe in Brookhaven. Hey, Joe.
0: Good morning. Hi. Good morning, sir.
1: How are you? Uh, good morning. What a great show. Listen, uh, I was just thinking, I heard Zeldin would on this morning, Mr. Kathy Martina's show, and he said he would remove the DA. Immediately, if he's elected governor of the state of New York, that was one thing. And the other thing is the Latinos, I'm listening to your whole show, the Latinos, they're very in line
2: with the Trumplicans, which I'm a diehard Trumplican. They believe in God and family, number one. And, and and the other thing I was going to say about Schumann, I was going to ask that's my primary thing I was calling about. Is he uh, putting that bill up for self-preservation Could he, so, uh, so AOC doesn't primary him to the radical left?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Exactly. True. Exactly. A good and You're right on target. Uh, Would you use the phrase Trumplican? Uh, I that's thought that good. was cool. Yeah. yeah that's nice. So, uh, yeah, he. Uh, I, I like trumplicans. <laughs> that's cool.
0: <laughs> that's
1: good. So today we covered a bunch of stuff. Uh, first, we talked about uh, the fact that Uh, Schumer is engaged in an act of ritual suicide worthy of the Japanese army in World War II in bringing up bills in Congress and the Senate that he knows are going to lose. And uh, Joe from Brookhaven put his finger right on the reason that he wants to demonstrate his fealty by committing suicide along with everybody else. Secondly, that America is coming to the firm conclusion that Omicron is not a threat to life. And not even a particularly serious illness necessarily. And therefore, in insisting that everybody be vaccinated and firing people and keeping kids out of school and te- keeping teachers out of classrooms and getting rid of federal workers, getting rid of cops, for God's sake, because they're not vaccinated, he is uh, really doing something the whole country is going to rebel against. And Joe Biden will be COVID's last casualty. We also talked about how the overspending by the Democrats printing three trillion of money that they did last year is literally endangering the concept of money and that we're increasingly going to move to gold and Bitcoin, a bit which are based on math and geology, not based on political fiat. The teacher strike in Chicago is a bridge too far for the teachers. It's going to destroy the teachers union and make them impotent politically. Trump's making endorsements of other Republicans, which is great because he's really cleaning the party up. Uh, The Manhattan D.A., uh, Alvin Bragg, who won't prosecute anybody, is a fraud and should be ousted. And most of the border crossings coming in are not from Mexico. They're from Europe and the Middle East and other South American countries. So that Mexico has become a highway, not a country, a highway for terrorists.